Squire Radio, I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo, good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Man, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> That's uh, good. I, had, I had to think about it just just a second, <laughs> but yeah, man, we're doing okay. Uh, things are rocking and rolling, and um, man, it's just just been a fun, fun summer. So getting settled, uh, got here in a few weeks, uh, family coming in town for the little boy's baptism here, here at the church, and so yeah. that'll be fun. And Got some tobacco-related stuff getting planned for the fall, including a visit from the folks with Chacombe and Nording Pipes to the Ooh. Country Squire. So that'll Ooh. be a lot of fun. And okay, okay. Yeah, man, should be should be good. So we're um, we're excited, just looking to get it geared back up in a. I was about to say a post-COVID world, but maybe I'll just say a yeah a muted post-quarantine post-quarantine quarantine world. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's yeah man, right. things are great. What's going on with you, dude? Oh man, I'm doing great. You know, the funny thing is, I, I have. Have you ever seen Port- Portlandia? Are you familiar with that at all? Actually, I've seen I've I've seen two two or three episodes of that. Yeah. Okay. So they relatively frequently had Jeff Goldblum on as kind of like a yeah come in and play uh, a couple of different characters. And one of the main ones he did, he would come on as kind of like a weird retail shop owner. And so he, <laughs> in, in one, where are you going with this, Bo? <laughs> well, no, 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 you, you, you'll see. In one instance, he was selling like things in jars, uh, terrariums and that sort of thing. And, you know, he's quite quirky and he was just Jeff Goldblum, right? Like yeah. he was just, he was just being himself. A national treasure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's one where he plays the pullout King. He sells pullout mattresses. And, <laughs> Is, oh is known gosh. throughout Portland as the pullout king. And there's a commercial in which he is, you know, really kind of amping up his business and, and mm-hmm. talking about the sale they've got going on. But he is, how do I say this? He, he, he's, he doesn't want people to know about it. And yet it's the commercial of him telling people that they've got a sale going on. It's hilarious because obviously Jeff Goldblum is hilarious and seeing him trying to tell people while also trying to hide the fact that he has a sale going on. So he has to, in some way, communicate it because it's a commercial for the sale, but right. he's also trying to hide the fact that, that, that there's a sale. He's, yeah, he's like, he's like, it is a big deal and not very many people know about it, nor should they, is kind of his... <laughs> It's mindset. And, and uh, you know, you know, it's funny because as we go into this, I happen to have some information that not very many people know, but I feel like they should know. And that is that you are having a sale. <laughs> but I want everyone to know about it. <laughs> right. Right. You're a full on shill. You're not going to Jeff Goldblum this. You're going to go all the way. No, that's right. That's right. It, it, <laughs> we're, man, we have a limited time summer sale going on. For, you know, the hot weather months, we are enjoying some of those sweeter tobaccos this summer, and they're so refreshing and sometimes uh, give us a little pep in our step when it's hot and muggy outside, and so uh, particularly here in the South. But, man, for the next several weeks, doing 15% off Blue Ribbon, Delta Honeydew, Peach Melba, Seersucker, and Trumpeter at thecountrysquireonline.com. So if you go there, you can use the code SWEETSUMMER21. That's just sweet. Summer 21, all one word, no spaces. And if you put that in, you'll get 15% off those tobaccos I just named. So check it out. We'd love to send you some fresh hand-blended pipe tobacco right to your front door wherever you live. There you go. All right, man. Last week, we started a brand new series, kind of a mini series, where you, as the master of pipes, not to be confused with the doctor of pipes, with whom I need to issue an apology for last (laughs) week's embarrassing and uh, uh, highly disrespectful 
uh, commentary on on his very legitimate doctorate of pipes. It's very legitimate. It, it, very legitimate. Yeah. Yes. A- yeah, yes. Absolutely. So He's that, got a medal to prove it. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just want to officially apologize to one Dr. Brian Levine <laughs> and, and, and just pay complete full respects there and, and all honor do in that regard but regardless we've got a master of pipes here ladies and gentlemen who is going to be educating us continuing on our series on how to train your palate last week was really kind of setting the stage going over the terminology getting the understanding of to some extent the importance of why one would even want to train their palate in the first place as well yeah going into kind of the cerebral nature also in terms of how taste and smell connects us to memory and in many respects the pipe tobaccos do that as well and so man you are going to take us from that 101 to 102 yeah man (laughs) How do we train our palates? (laughs) Oh, my. Yeah, we we are expanding this on out, which is going to be fun. This is a a kind of a mini series as as we explore, uh, you know, developing, expanding your palate and understanding those tobacco notes better, understanding why you like a tobacco or maybe why you don't like a tobacco as well. You know, it's a lot of fun. We're just taking a kind of an expanded look at this. Last week, we gave that general overview of, you know, what developing your palate might look like uh, looking at these different aspects. We looked at a host of things that you may not have considered when discussing your tobacco smoking experience, you know, uh, considered uh, things about how the room note is affecting the taste and about how, you know, your memories might come into play uh, while you're experiencing the tobacco and how that changes it or the pH of your body or if it's got a certain mouth feel to it and, and the, and the quote-unquote body feel as the nicotine has its effect and the strength of tobacco kind of comes into play. So as we mentioned before, this entire discussion springs from someone having a strong positive or negative experience in smoking a tobacco. Are they really enjoying it and or, or are they really not? And then whether they know it or not, they ask why. You know, why do I like this blend so much? We talked about different tobaccos that you might really enjoy, but you, you know, you did the illusion or the, you know, the thing about, you know, your teacher asking you why you liked a certain painting, right? And you're like, well, I just, I just like it. And they ask why you like it. And you're like, well, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's, it's, it's nice looking it, you know, and then you start to unpack that. Well, I mean, I do like the colors, the vibrancy of it is beautiful. The whole thing works together well to have a nice uh, symmetry or whatever it might be. And so, you know, just digging deeper to start to unpack some of those things. So there's a lot to cover here, and as such, we decided to break it up into a multi-part series, and this is going to be a three-part series. Today, we're going to dive into the tasting notes and what might commonly be referred to as flavor, though we defined flavor uh, differently last week as the combination Mm. of taste and and smell. Next week, uh, we'll wrap up with some tasting notes and then and then also explore other factors that affect your palate. So it should be should be a lot of fun. And we're going to start today's discussion by a question I'm going to ask Bo. Bo, are you ready for a question? I think so. I didn't know there would be a test this early on in class. Well, it's your turn because last week you made me pick between some of the most famous pipe blunders in the world. So th- oh, that's, that ain't <laughs> over, man. That's that. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. I, this I, week. I brought my bottle of, of bourbon, uh, old elk bourbon with me again. I'm, I'm in good shape. Right. We're ready to go. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Bo, do me a favor. I want you to tell me what vanilla tastes like. Oh, Okay. Uh, okay. Wow. Vanilla. So, what does it taste like? Sweet, bitter. Uh, oh, man, I I don't know that I have the language to communicate that. <laughs> 
It tastes awesome. If I could call back I know, to last right? week, right? It's awesome. It's just awesome. <laughs> what about yeah, what, no. what about almond? Yeah, what about almond? Uh, almond. Ooh. Well, all right. So almond has like a, uh, I guess, woody taste. Okay. Would be how I'd, I'd say that, but also kind of a, a, a kind of a unique sweetness that's in there as well, uh, and maybe a waxy texture. But that's not really taste. Mm, I don't know. But is it? Is, is it? Ooh. Is or is waxy part of the flavor? Is it? Is it maybe not a taste, but a flavor? Is the? Uh, yeah. Mm, it, all, all that's good. What, okay. Let me throw you one more. What about? What about pepper? What does pepper taste like? Pepper tastes like heaven, my friend. That is what pepper tastes like. <laughs> Are you the doctor of pepper? Dr. Pepper? Uh, uh, oh! <laughs> no, what Dr. Is pe- pepper what does is not pepper? taste like pepper. What does pepper taste like? Um, hmm. uh, heat, uh, if you're doing it right. Um, oh, man, what does pepper taste Pepper tastes like pepper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we... <laughs> <laughs> we describe, you know, what's funny about this, and of course, so you, you describe almond, for instance, as, uh, you know, it's woody and waxy. Uh, there's a, a pepper, it's got a, a, a heat to it. That We describe tastes in these categories that define them by what other things taste like, you know? Right. Th- th- Ooh, there, yeah. there's, there's always this way of, okay, well, I, I, I don't have verbiage for what that tastes like, but let me tell you what else it tastes like, right? <laughs> mm, and, yeah. and the goal, the hope is that the person you're communicating to has some sense of this, this language that we're using, the, you know, some experience of these other standard candles, if you were, of the tasting world. It's like, you know, okay, well, well, I, I don't know how to explain vanilla, but, but I know how to explain, you know, something like, you know, sugar or something maybe a little, a little more specific, like uh, nougat or, uh, you know, mm, something mm, like that, mm. uh, you know, a, a sweet cream or, you know, it's so where do you go from there? And so we have this way of describing tastes in these categories, again, by defining them by what other things taste like. And, you know, we do this with other adjectives as well, uh, emotions too. We defined, uh, it, well, okay, for, in, for instance, define by the word, uh, the word kind, like that's a very kind person. Okay, uh, nice, thoughtful. Yeah, nice and thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. Define the word sad. Like a, a pain or hurt. Yeah, pain yeah. or hurt. Painful, hurtful, whatever. You know, I mean, so we're, we're, we're using other, you know, words that, that, that also could be defined similarly. You might define the word uh, pain or, you know, hurtful with the word sad if, you, if, if the, you know, mm. kind of question were, were flipped around. You know, as tobacconists, we're constantly trying to drum up ways to help pipe smokers describe their sensations. <laughs> uh, huh. You know, how do you divvy up tobaccos like this? We can tr- use traditional tasting notes. You know, you think about things like salty and sweet and sour and bitter, or you can use more generalized terms like sweet versus natural or sweetened versus unflavored. Uh, at the Squire, a lot of times we use the funnel uh, kind of starts by saying, okay, well, is it aromatic or, or non-aromatic? You know, this is our kind of our clunky way of communicating. Is the tobacco flavored artificially or, or not with artificial flavoring, but is it flavored with something or is the main character? of the uh, tobacco, the flavor of the leaf itself. You know, that's the non-aromatic kind of concept there. So, mm. um, you know, will it taste sweet or will it taste like something that's uh, more natural or maybe even savory? And so that's what we're kind of uh, talking about. So with tasting notes, you know, we are, I want you to be exposed to kind of a, 
I hate to put it this way because it's they're just kind of overdone in the in the flavor world. But but I, I want to think of it as a wheel of flavors regarding common flavors in the in the pipe tobacco world. Okay, I want you to think of a uh, a wheel, and we've got different wedges. It's like a pie chart, right? You've got different wedges in this wheel uh, that contain uh, different flavors, and and as you get exposed to these flavors, you'll start realizing that there's little connections that go with things that are. This type of flavor versus this type of flavor, and and maybe this flavor over here on this side of the wheel kind of goes with uh, another flavor on the other side of the wheel in more mm. of a kind of a natural way. Those two things play together well, and so we're going to start exploring some of that today. We'll start out with some of the more obvious suspects in taste with the the, the tasting notes, and then we'll drill down later into uh, next week into the more uh, you know nebulous or dare we say esoteric tasting notes. Ah, I see what you did there. It's a very dangerous word in the show, um, in in the pipe in the pipe community in general. <laughs> right. I, I'll start by saying as we're discussing these tasting notes, okay. We're going to talk about a lot of taste or a lot of what you might call flavors. And, and I want to leave out aromatic, the words aromatic or non-aromatic or natural. I want to leave that out of the conversation for now. Okay, so the, okay. the focus is on the taste itself. The more you pay attention to the conversation, you'll realize that common tastes transcend these categories, right? So you can have mm. a non-aromatic tobacco that you taste black cherry in. That's a thing, right? You can have a, you know, Virginia uh, ribbon that gives you a citrus experience there. You can also have an aromatic tobacco that makes you think of a peaty smokiness, right? That's all part of the part of the thing, you know. So I kind of want to leave those uh, aromatic and non-aromatic uh, categories kind of behind for for now, and just explore the tasting notes themselves. So that's so good because I feel like a lot of people they're like the instance they like associate a flavor with something in pipe tobacco, they just instantly assume they're, they're smoking an aromatic. Yeah, they're out, yeah. and 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 it's not that's not the case, you know. When you and I we go through these Squire Selects, which is just a glorified excuse for us to drink whiskey and catch up. Uh, <laughs> it's professional. It's, it's work. It's, it's really it's important. Yeah. But, you know, we, <laughs> what do we, I mean, these are, these are, Excellent products that are unflavored brown waters that are, uh, you know, some some of the most highly sought after whiskeys in the world. Some of which are, are not as highly sought after and and, and very um, dis, un, unrespectable. Um, but you know, but when we try these uh, these whiskeys, a lot of times we pick up notes like vanilla and 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 uh, you know dark chocolate or uh, honey or uh, you know a pepper to it or something of that nature. And and it, does that mean what we're saying is that the whiskey is flavored with those things? Well, no, of, of course not, right? We're just saying that, no, the, the whiskey has that note of it in there uh, that it kind of kind of reminds us of, right? We're trying that whole thing about the uh, comparative, like, okay, well, you know, what does whiskey taste like? Well, okay, well, whiskey tastes like all these other things. <laughs> and so that's kind of what we're discussing. So if you're looking at what you might consider a flavor wheel or a, a flavor pie chart or a tasting pie chart, uh, we're going to start with a couple of the more obvious suspects here, particularly in the pipe world. And the first one, give me that cherry tobacco. We are going to start uh, with the fruit taste. <laughs> okay. I feel 
like uh, you, I feel like you have to start with the fruit taste, you know? It's no that that's the beginner. No, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. No, it's good. I mean and, and again, there's a lot here, right? The most traditional tobaccos in the United States are are fruit based. They're wildly popular. Some of the most you know, the best selling tobaccos in the world and uh, there's some great uh, tradition of uh, of uh, flavoring pipe tobacco and a lot of that happens with uh, with fruit. Uh, we can describe tobacco as as fruity, but what what would you say if you had to describe? I'm really putting you on the spot today, and I'm not sorry at all about it. No, um, no, it's fine. if you keep, had to keep it going, if you had <laughs> if you had to define the word fruity, what what would what would come to mind, Bo? Uh oh, okay. Um, so that's di- difficult, right? Because like, there's fruit in and of itself. Like, there's so many different yeah. flavor profiles that you'll find there. At the moment, I'm thinking mango because I had like a mango cake the other day. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, I guess I'm thinking more kind of in a um, sweet tanginess, perhaps. Okay. Okay. That's good. But it's difficult because, again, like you could also have like an apple or, or a lemon, which is going to be sour. And, you know, mm. it's, <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> Man, that's great. I mean, you, you're, 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 uh, you're being a good sport. You're playing right into my hand. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a raspberry is a fruit, um, but so is an apple and so is a peach. And uh, these are, you know, not even to speak of things like tomatoes or, you know, kumquats or all these other weird things that are, you know, that are fruits and, and what do they taste like? Right. Well, you know, people, when they come to you and they say, I want something fruity or I I experienced this as fruity, that can mean a lot of different things, right? Mm. Fruit uh, are generally broken down into six different categories. And this is, uh, we have, when we think about fruit uh, as one of the largest uh, kind of pie pieces in our, in our tasting wheel that we're envisioning here uh, within fruit, you kind of have a, uh, variety of things. And so uh, number one, the berry flavor. Berries are juicy fruits that are often tart and small. So we think of as uh, uh, cranberries, blackberries, raspberry, grape. You know, these are uh, these are small, thin-skinned little uh, fruits that have that kind of tartness to them. Very pleasant. You can eat a handful of them as a nice snack. You have uh, core fruits, which are hard, fibrous fruits, uh, or they have hard, fibrous cores, uh, uh, that that includes seeds and it's surrounded by a, a mildly sweet, uh, semi-juicy uh, flesh. And so we think of apples and pears. Uh, love apples and pears. And then we have citrus fruits, which are, uh, you know, the thick outer rind containing, you know, those membranes, which uh, kind of have a, it, you know, creates these little segments of, of uh, fruit flesh. And you've so you've got orange and tangerine and grapefruit and lemon and lime uh, there. Those are going to have a, uh, you know, a tart or maybe a sour flavor uh, to use the word uh, you used. And and then you have what I love to be called uh, stone fruits. Uh, these are uh, stone fruits, or you may uh, be like, what's that? Well, these are pitted fruits, or fruits that have a hard uh, pit or, or stone-like uh, object in the middle of them, uh, surrounded by uh, soft flesh and then, a, and then a thin skin. And so we think of plums and peaches and apricots and mangoes, even though mango doesn't have that stone in the middle, a lot of times it's kind of thrown in with these because it, it shares a lot of other um, it, a lot of other uh, aspects. We have melons, large fruits with fibrous flesh and very thick skins and tons of seeds scattered throughout, very, very liquidy, watery. Uh, we think, of course, of, of watermelon, honeydew, and cantaloupe. 
And and then finally, we have tropical fruits. And and this is, in some sense, it's a catch-all for the fruits we just don't know what the heck to do with. <laughs> mm. We think of, uh, but but they are tropical fruits, though. I mean, a lot of them, you know, they we tend to think of these as growing in that kind of, um, you know, uh, equator, equatorial region. You know, we think of uh, coconut, banana, pomegranates, uh, kiwi, pineapple, and even uh, raisins. <laughs> <gasps> And so, you know, uh, you know, we've got next time I get a pipe tobacco, I'm going to say, oh, this tastes tropical. I know. It's so (laughs) tropical. Mm, What a great raisin flavor. Yeah. And that'll be the last day we ever record. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, fruits come. We've got all these categories, right? So to say something is fruity, I mean, do you mean like a honeydew melon fruity or cantaloupe fruity? Or do you mean a cranberry fruit or or do you mean a uh, a tangerine or 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 perhaps a pineapple? I didn't mention cherry in all the different ones that I that I just mentioned. Right. So now I'm going to read these categories back to you. Berries, core fruit like an apple, citrus, stone fruit like a plum, melons and tropical fruit. Which one does cherry belong in? Core fruit? Because it's got a pit? It's You're close. It, it's actually a stone fruit. Okay, but, okay. Know, it, it's it's interesting, though. Most people would consider berries uh, part of, or a cherry as a part of the berry family, just by nature of its size and, uh, in, you know, in shape and kind of uh, tart sweetness there. But it's actually a stone fruit. And so, man, there's nothing like getting a big bowl of those black cherries, you know, um, and just uh, plowing through a bunch of them and having to keep the uh, trash can next to you to spit the seeds out or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, cherries are actually actually stone fruit. Uh, so, you know, fruit flavors are highly distinctive. They're highly familiar to most pipe smokers, especially in the modern age where, you know, refrigeration and shipping are very uh, common. It's a smaller world now, so it's easier for us to get uh, exotic fruit flown in from crazy places and, and still be relatively fresh when it gets to, you know, a small town like Jackson, Mississippi. But fruit flavors are also highly polarizing as well. I mean, the, the most loved uh, pipe tobacco flavor is probably cherry, and the most hated pipe tobacco flavor is probably cherry. <laughs> you know, it, it gives us, though, the nice thing because all, you know, a lot of people are exposed to this realm of flavor within the fruit world. It gives us a really nice baseline to talk about. So, you know, as you're smoking tobaccos, be be thinking about, uh, you know, maybe throw out the broad category of fruit, but, you know, you've got a, you've got a rich English-style blend. Are you, are you experiencing, or, or maybe a matured Virginia mixed with some dark fire Kentucky or maybe a perique, um, you know, do you experience something similar to a plum? Do you experience something similar to a, a, a grapefruit or a tangerine? Is there an apple element to one of those non-aromatics that you're trying? Pay attention to those things, and I think you'll be surprised at what you're getting there uh, as you're trying to determine why you like or don't like that tobacco. Huh. So, kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Our next part of the tasting wheel that we're visiting is the uh, – this one is a, a, a hard one to – uh, kind of um, encapsulate as a lot of these are, but a lot of these flavors go together, and so we were forced to in some way. This part of the tasting wheel is one of my favorites. It's the confectionery uh, and uh, yeah. distilled 
confectionery and distilled uh, part of the uh, of the flavor wheel. And so we're kind of moving on to another section here. Uh, you know, in the previous category, we talked about things that are harvested from a plant and consumed, you know, in their basic form. You know, you, you grow a cherry from a cherry tree, you pick it from the tree, you eat it, you know, or you let it, you know, you do, you know what I mean? Same with the banana or, you know, an apple or whatever. In this category, we're going to discuss things that are somewhat like that, but also tastes that are produced from natural products or sweeter natural products that don't taste like fruit, you know. So it's a little more diverse category. We've got stuff that is both natural and combined to make uh, make flavors we all know and love. So we're talking here about things like candied flavors. Uh, we think caramel or chocolate. We think of dark chocolate, milk chocolate, cocoa. We think of molasses and nougat. We have natural confectionery flavors. So we've got like honey and vanilla, things like cane sugar. And then we have other things that are produced from, you know, natural sources such as coffee. There's, you know, coffee beans, but then they're roasted. So you have a light roast coffee, a dark roast coffee, uh, an espresso roast, maybe a coffee with milk or milk and sugar. And in our dairy kind of portion of this, you know, we have uh, things like milk, uh, cream, butter, uh, all very pronounced as far as uh, the the flavors uh, go. I, I had a, a gentleman come in the shop earlier today, and we were discussing nasal snuff, which we sell at the shop. And, you know, you don't see that very often a- around, but we are one of the few shops probably in the South that, that do carry it. And we were talking about a certain kind, and he said, I want you to try this type of nasal snuff. And I, I, I did. It was really good. It's a Wilson's of Charo, uh, a version of Wilson's of Charo that I've never had before. And he said, all right, now in a minute, you're going to get this buttery sensation and and i knew exactly what he was talking about Hmm. it was really weird (laughs) like you don't think of buttery as something that you experience from uh you know a tobacco product or certainly something like nasal snuff you know but um but that's that's kind of it you know you you get that uh that creamy buttery nice uh, mouth coating that uh, is interesting. It, it's just, um, it, it's there and we know how to process it, but how do you describe it? Well, you describe it in terms of other things. We also have kind of a bakery element to this part of the wheel, the confectionery and distilled uh, section, the bakery element, when you refer to a tobacco as bready. Also, we have very distinct bread notes like rye or oat. These are things that have a distinctive flavor. They're bready, they're thick, they're weedy or you think of silage or oats, you know, uh, things of that nature that almost, you know, reminiscent of a uh, barn or a, a silo or something of that nature. And, and then finally, we come to the most fun part of uh, this this part of the, the flavor uh, wheel, which is, of course, liquor. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about tobacco in the essence of using words like, you know, whiskey, rum, even gin or vodka. Rum and whiskey tend to be the most common distilled flavors that we get from different pipe tobaccos, uh, particularly aromatic tobaccos. But of course, we talked about flake tobacco recently and, uh, you know, those traditionally flavored with rum. We think of uh, a lot of flake tobaccos as being non-aromatic, but still having a rum element there. So that's kind of interesting. Now, the preceding two categories, we've got fruit and then we've got this kind of confectionery, bakery, distilled category, which, by the way, if you if you call it that, confectionery, bakery, distilled, it shortens to CBD, but not that kind of CBD. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's another show. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, mostly... 
when you think about these, the the fruit elements of this, but also the these confectionery distilled type notes, you, you, we tend to think of aromatic tobaccos, right? You know, we th- tend to think of your, you know, a peach flavored tobacco, an apple flavored tobacco, or a chocolate to, or vanilla tobacco. So these things have obvious connotations to us, but I still want you to avoid making these terms, um, you know, marrying these terms like that. Uh, you'll be you'll be stunned to know how many non aromatics are seen as uh, you know creamy chocolatey plummy you have that stone fruit stewed flavor there's a lot of that going on there that's very uh, very interesting now we're gonna move real quickly uh, and cover short briefly here uh, to wrap up this week categories that are commonly associated with both aromatics and non aromatics so we've kind of covered the ones that are associated with aromatics now we're moving to the middle ground mm-hmm. and and the first we talk about herbal and spice uh, flavors. And so much like fruit, these are derived from plants that are consumed and then harvested. So in, in their harvested form, you know, we harvest the plant and then we consume it. And so we think of these as being key supporting actors in some of our favorite food recipes, licorice or anise flavor, uh, cinnamon, clove, pepper, which we uh, discussed uh, before, cardamom, uh, and, and baking spices or allspice that you might put in a nice pecan pie or a pumpkin pie or something of that nature. All of these can skew both ways, you know, so you've got this kind of herbal and spice connection here. And and some of my favorite non-aromatic tobaccos have that licorice tang to them. There's just a little bit of that element in which you're kind of eating a good and plenty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's also uh, aromatic tobaccos that have that, a nice uh, a, a nice pepperiness to them. You know, some, some get a nice pepper um, you know, from a variety of tobaccos. Uh, oddly enough, our Old Toby, that's one of our best-selling tobaccos at the Squire, has perique in it, and it has a zing to it that that is more reminiscent of that of that pepper. And so, something to keep in mind. Finally, for today, we look at the part of the wheel that is the nuts part of the wheel. Uh, this category is difficult because it defies a lot of categories. It's it, the thing to realize that. When when we think of nuts, we think, you know, peanuts, pecans, walnuts, whatever. Not all nuts are nuts. Wait, what? <laughs> so, I mean not all nuts co- not all nuts are, are nuts. Coconut's yeah, not so, a nut. I know that one. Right. But some nuts are actually fruit. Lagoons. Oh. And some <laughs> things we call nuts are actually seeds. Huh. It'll 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 drive you nuts. <laughs> oh wow! Walked right into that one. But it's true. But it, it really is true. Some some nuts are actually fruit, and some are actually seeds. And so the the common usage of the word nuts that we uh, use today is refers to these hard walled edible kernels. From there, you're, you're kind of on your own, you know, as far as the description. But we we tend to, as uh, you know, in baking notes and cooking notes, refer to these kind of hard walled kernels, and, and so that's the idea of the nut. And and we think, of course, of almonds and cashews and and peanuts and walnuts. Those are obviously what take front and center there. Again, many of the most popular aromatics and non-aromatics are going to exhibit traits of this, right? Mm. So you've got that distinction there that I think is kind of interesting. So we'll. Leave 
leave it there today, but we'll resume next week completing our tour of the tasting notes wheel, uh, and then we'll briefly explore some other things that will uh, affect your palate as you're uh, as you're smoking some of your favorite pipe tobaccos. So it should be a lot of fun. Now you kind of you kind of alluded to the fact that confectionery is is kind of your favorite of the wheel spectrum or, or on the flavor wheel, if you will. But but I, yeah, but I'm but I'm curious if there's a if there is a specific flavor in particular that really speaks to you. You know, I I don't have an answer for that. I just think it's fun to work with, you know. And, and maybe it's not even my favorite to consume, but more my favorite to actually work with mm, as a blender, wow, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, huh. As I as I'm saying that, yeah, because there's just so many things you can tinker with there that make it really fun. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to give that some thought. Man, that's fascinating. I, I had no clue. Like, like, I'd never thought about it from the standpoint of like when you, when when you are creating all of these, you know, diverse, amazing blends, you really have to be mindful that they're not just all, you know, John David's favorite. <laughs> you have to, you got to create unique blends that that can kind of, you know, be well, for, for everyone. And it's interesting, you know, people come up and they say, okay, I want, I want an aromatic tobacco or what, what, what they generally say is they want, I, I, give me something sweet or something that makes the room smell good. Okay. So that happens. And then the person comes up and you, you pull a jar down off the shelf that tastes like, let's say coconut. Okay. Well, that person might hate coconut or, you know, they wanted something sweet, but when they said sweet, they really meant fruity, right? And when they mean fruity, they didn't really mean melon fruity. They meant like a berry fruity, you know? And so (laughs) there's all these layers of it. It's really interesting. It's like, you know, you pull jars down for people to smell and they're like, no, 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 we're we're not on the same page here. I said, I, I, I mean, sweet, you know, like, like chocolate, right? And so, right. oh, you're not talking about the fruit kind of sweet. You're talking about more of a confectionery sweet. So we we visit the chocolates and the caramels and and by uh, you know tangentially kind of the kind of the you know the rums and the whiskeys and uh, and and some of those more uh, kind of savory sweet flavors and and uh, and maybe go into the nut arena some where you're you're talking about almonds and uh, and walnuts. You know, um, it, so it's it, it's interesting. There's there's layers of this. And, and I think the more you understand the verbiage, the more you at least experience those uh, categories of flavor, categories of taste, it'll help you determine what you're, what you're enjoying about that, about that pipe tobacco. So that's, um, that's why we're, that's why we're doing all this. (laughs) You know, this has all made me uh, quite surprisingly hungry. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So I know that when I, when I go for my next, you know, be it confectionery, sweets, uh, fruity or otherwise pipe tobacco, I'm going to want to get all of those flavors. And of course, we're going to do it by enjoying it with a, uh, a good quality corn cob pipe from our friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Yeah, one flavor we haven't mentioned yet is corn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, and I don't know if corn actually makes an appearance on the uh, the John David tasting wheel of pipe tobaccos. That, right. Um, that as I'm thinking about it, we may need to publish that at some point. I don't know. But uh, it might, might actually be helpful for folks to see some of this in a visual yeah, form. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but uh, anyway, maybe, maybe it'll be a, the Country Square radio uh, flavor wheel or something but um, <laughs> but anyway having said all that uh, we are going to talk in the near future about vegetal flavors and uh, one thing that we know is uh, 
that comes out of the ground that's interesting is corn. And we make uh, some of the most fascinating pipes in the world and some of the most iconic pipes in the world out of corn. And it's made uh, by our friends at Missouri Mearsham right there in Washington, Missouri. So uh, we talked last week, we introduced the volcano pipe that they just came out with. And, and we're talking about that again this week. We really like you to, to consider getting one. It's a really, really handsome pipe. It's a medium-sized bowl and just has a, a, a beautiful finish, uh, kind of a rough, uh, ruddy color, natural finish on it. And so it's just very handsome. Uh, retails for $10.99. You can go to corncobpipe.com and it comes in a straight or a bent filtered variety. And uh, check it out. If you order one today, they'll ship it right to your door. There you go. And of course, big thanks to the good friends at Missouri Mearsham for sponsoring this show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe Question of the Week. man pipe question of the week coming in this week by kirk here's what kirk had to say i love the show and working on listening to them all i was hoping i could get some of your insight on bowl screens and how long does it take to build up cake on a new pipe i've picked up the pipe about a month ago and still trying new tobaccos to see what i like thanks for your ongoing information uh an informative show that again is kirk all right so bowl screens and building up cake uh, to me, this seems like two separate questions. Were yeah, they related? It, it, I, I think it is. I think these are two separate questions. So bowl screens. What What is a bowl screen? Most people that come in our shop that ask for pipe screens smoke left-handed tobacco. You follow me? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Generally, they're not smoking pipe tobacco. Right. <laughs> and so right. screens uh, function as a way to allow... Uh, the uh, you know the, the tobacco particles and uh, and and dottle and whatnot to not get sucked up through um, you know through the air air passageway into your mouth. So that's why we use a screen. Most people in the pipe tobacco pipe smoking world don't use screens, <laughs> and uh, but you can find them. Some people do swear by them for their pipe tobacco, and you know particularly to keep um, you know some of the ashes out of a, maybe a pipe that is drilled more liberally. If 
if you if you have a pipe that has a larger airway in it where it's more common to get flakes of tobacco shoved up in there, a bowl screen might be appropriate. Um, we actually uh, carry at the Squire. These are not available on our website, but you can call us if you wanted to ever order one. The, we carry screens that are they're kind of uh, like a they're not a flat screen. It's almost like a like a like a little orb shape. Uh, huh. screen that you poke down in the bottom of your bowl and it takes ac- it actually takes up the whole bottom of your uh, bowl but the idea there is it's a it's a little metal screen in a ball shape and uh, and and it just you know allows that bottom portion of the bowl to be uh, preserved with air uh, so that you're not getting any uh, tobacco into that into that area so I don't have an opinion I'm kind of agnostic when it comes to bowl screens because I've never uh, I've never used one I've never felt the need to I uh, probably should just as a tobacconist, so I know kind of what what is going on there. But uh, like I said, most of the people that come in our shop looking for screens are are not smoking uh, pipe tobacco. So, <laughs> um, having said that, moving on to cake. Cake is is something you know. Obviously, we're talking about the uh, residue that builds up on the side of the inside of your of your pipe, and um, and so on a briar pipe, we like to build a, a decent amount of cake in order to season the pipe, like that cast iron skillet that we know and love, and and so cake the the quickness of you building up cake, how long it's going to take, depends on the type of pipe tobacco you're smoking. If you're smoking a aromatic tobacco, a, a lot of times those tend to be uh, much more uh, uh, syrupy or or moist, and and they're going to leave more residue on the side of a pipe bowl. They'll build up quicker, you know. And a lot of new smokers are smoking aromatic tobaccos, and so that is likely what you're experiencing. I imagine you'll build up cake pretty quick. You know, if you're smoking a Virginia blend, it's going to build up very slowly. Virginias are are dry. They're you know they they burn a little hotter, and they're they're dry. They're just tobaccos that uh, don't leave a lot of residue, and so it'll take you a little longer to to build a cake but i tell you if you build a cake out of a virginia and you do take the time to do it it'll be a solid cake <laughs> it builds a builds a really good cake so anyway i hope that helps you know just take your time uh if you are breaking in a new pipe maybe uh, fill it up halfway and smoke it all the way to the bottom for the first uh four to six bowls just to build a nice cake on that bottom uh layer you know if you are smoking a virginia tobacco or something that's non-aromatic it may take a few bowls longer but um you'll get a sense in in which that your pipe is starting Starting to taste uh, sweet and broken in, and um, and it, it it'll even probably stay lit easier and that kind of thing, and you'll you'll uh, you'll enjoy it for years. Well, there you go, well, Kirk. Uh, great questions. Uh, sneaking in two and one. I love it. <laughs> I working. know, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And hey, if you've got some pipe question of the week for us, be sure to send it into the show. That is show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Jones! At long last, the March Madness, April Madness, May Madness, June Madness, (laughs) July Madness has now come to its inevitable close. Uh, Shout out again to Nathan for making this incredible bracket uh, system for us. And we've had so much fun with it. We've had a lot. We've given each other a hard time and uh, uh, throughout the process and everything. Well-deserved. Well-deserved hard time. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it does come down to this. This is the main event as the final four tobacco blenders go head-to-head in 
the Battle Royale, the challenge to see who will be the best in accordance with John David's opinion. That is what we are going to find out today. Uh, please, again, at John David Cole on Twitter. <laughs> His cell phone number is 60... No, no, no. Oh, as if they can't look up the shop's number. Anyway, okay, here we I go. Know, right? <laughs> All right. You jerk. I know, I know. All right, Mike McNeil versus Harland Harlberg. I got to go with Mike. I, I I just do. I have I have to go with Mike. I love the legacy of both of these tobacco blenders. I love the legacy of both the companies they have left us and the incredible blends. I got to go with Mike McNeil. All right, all right, Mike McNeil uh, going on to the championship round. All right, man. Next up, GL Peace versus Joe Lankford. I got I got to go with GL Peace. Uh-huh. I, I got to go with I got to go with Greg Peace. Okay. I do. Okay. Man, we this is all setting up uh-huh. to just uh-huh. an incredible finale and I, I <laughs> but it but it's true. I you know it's and and it it deserves the epic nature that it is, but uh yeah, I I got to go with Greg. Oh <laughs> man. All right. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. The moment that we have been waiting for for months and weeks. Two titans coming into the ring. And oft, uh, uh, legends of old, heroes and villains come a clashing. If you think about the great battles that we see across the UFC or, I don't know, wrestling. I was never really into wrestling. But I know the whole, the whole thing is you got, you got Cinderella stories. You got heroes. You got villains. You got, you got the good. You got the bad. You got spandex. Yeah. <laughs> you got the ugly as well. Thank you. Yes, with the spandex. You got, you got it all. Man, these two, I mean, like, hmm coming in the the talent is what is on the table for this for the tobacco blenders bracket mike mcneil versus gl peace i i i I think (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go home and open a straw in it cleared out the last Um, bottle no i i i have to i mean legitimately that in my mind Mike McNeil is the best blender in American history. There it is. I, I, I just I just believe that. I believe that. I, I I mean, obviously, I have tons of reverence for uh, Greg and everything he's done. And I mean, he's such a good guy and just an encouraging person and an interesting person. Um, I, but man, I I love Mike's blends. I think um, you know the stuff he created um, uh, is uh, is is just extraordinary. And uh, certainly for my flavor uh, profile and, and my own uh, flavor sensibilities. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Mike. There it is. All right. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, love, I love the cathartic exercise that was laid out before us back in March. No clue of how this would end up coming to an end, but this is great. Again, shout out to Nathan for putting together this incredible several, I mean, weeks and weeks and weeks of content with this bracket system. Next week, we will be going back to the quick fire questions, a little bit more traditional. Although I feel like, you know, for like new listeners of Country Squire Radio, this is what they perceive quick fire questions to be. Like we've educated (laughs) an entire new set of listeners as to this is quick fire questions. So yeah, (laughs) stay tuned for next week. Oh man, poor guys. All right. Hey, if you've got some quick fire questions, send it into the show. That's show at Country Squire radio.com your thoughts your comments listener feedback you 
you know, before going into the listener feedback, I, I got to just yeah. acknowledge something. And I don't know, maybe I maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to anyway. You know, the the the, the infamous McClellan episode, like we, we made people so confusingly angry for, you know, you know, being very raw and honest with thoughts on Mike McNeil and th- while also complimenting, you know, his talent. And it's yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah there, you can, there it is. You got to do yeah. both. You got it. You got to <laughs> do both. You know, like people are complicated and, and you got to people. Gotta people are very complicated, man. I, I stand by. I stand by all of it. All of it. There you go. <laughs> I do. And I, I stand by all as well. The statement that I, I just think Mike is uh I think he I think he's the best blender America's ever produced. There you go. All right. Listener feedback. Uh, like I said, uh, Ethan Tally. We got Ethan Tally up here first. It says, greetings from Western North Carolina. I've been listening to Bo and JD since January of 2020. I can honestly say every episode gets better. Having listened to you experience the difficulties we all have faced through the last year and a half. Uh, you've been a blessing to me uh, through your candor, the aspects of your faith that are so clearly expressed through your speech enhance the show. I too went through, uh, went to a small Southern Baptist school in South Carolina and I found memories of sneaking off campus and enjoying a pipe, a bowl or two with good friends, uh, friends I still have today. The bond you show on the podcast is an example of true friendship and also shows the absolute beauty of the pipe smoking community. Past few episodes have shown that to be especially true on a recent order from country squire. I decided to add the amphora sampler to see what all the fuss was about jd was right it's really an underrated product i especially enjoy the virginia and kentucky blends i also added a small amount of parsons blend albeit i am not much of an aero smoker these days and have received so many compliments on the room note uh, what a wonderful blend for anyone thank you for your time that you put into the show uh, and the ministry that comes with it you've been a wonderful encouragement to me through the pipe and through christ Keep up the good work, and I look forward to what is to come. And again, that is from Ethan Talley. Man, wow. Well, Ethan, that's uh, uh, man, just very incredibly kind of you, and and we are just very grateful for that. And thank you for um, man supporting our show, supporting the the shop, and um, yeah, that you mentioned that Amphora sampler. Uh, that is that is a really uh, great thing that you can get. So the folks with Amphora, again, if you'll remember, we talked about uh, it kind of kind of being like the best of all the hamster cage tobaccos. <laughs> and really, it's just a hamster cage tobacco <laughs> because it's in a pouch. That's the only thing that makes it that way. Okay. It is really, it's good tobacco. It really is. And I, I would encourage you to try it. The uh, Virginia and Kentucky blends that he mentions are fantastic. And, um, and they're all very affordable. But Amphora, they put together this sampler pack. We sell, you can find it at other places as well. It's got all the, you know, their main uh, most popular flavors in there that you can try back to back. And it's uh, it's really a good deal. So check it out. All right, man. This next one comes in from Carl. What did Carl have to say? <laughs> he said on your shagadelic episode, uh, JD, men- <laughs> no, <right? laughs> JD mentioned that on the can for uh, GLP's penny farthing, uh, there's a top hat wearing man on one of those unicycle things. <laughs> I thought JD would want to know that those unicycle things are called, well, this is sort of embarrassing for JD. The unicycle is called a penny farthing. <laughs> and see, I didn't know that. Yeah. And that's from Carl. Apparently, that's what a unicycle is, uh, or that particular kind is uh, is called. Well, there so you go. Now I know something. You, you, you <laughs> learned something. See, you thought you were going to be the teacher, and, and here we are. Uh, I'm never a good teacher. <laughs> yeah. uh, man, we got another one in from Kevin who said, uh, Hello, Bo and JD. I don't want to be a rabble rouser. 
but I think it's time for you two to bring down one of the supposed masters of the pipe tobacco world. All right. <laughs> well, you're going like to you're gonna like this episode, Kevin. Uh, here's what he says. Now, I know Greg Peace is seen as one of the great modern blenders. I have enjoyed many of his blends over the years myself, but I cannot stand by any longer to see him being hailed as the master when he is so obviously a fraud. You may be. Wow. One- yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is this is them, them, this is explosive. This is wow. fight, fire, fight and words. See, this is this is what happens when you open up. Anyway, <laughs> here we go. You may be wondering how I can say this. What kind of proof do I have? I have an airtight case against him in his own words. <laughs> I was smoking through a tin of Hatto's Delight and started reading through the tin notes, which is when the mystique of Greg Peace really fell away and my eyes were opened. <laughs> you see, in the description of the tin, it says the following, quote, the flavor is full on the palate, earthy, slightly sweet, and intriguingly piquant. Piquant, the overtones of figs and dun 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 raisins. Blasphemy, gosh! Now, as we have blasphemy, <laughs> as we have all learned from John David, pipe tobacco cannot taste like raisins. It just <laughs> doesn't happen. So there are only two options here: either piece is a liar. Or he doesn't have the palate necessary to be seen as one of the great blenders. Either way, I think it's time we expose him for the fraud he is. I will fight <laughs> alongside of you both until this wrong is righted. Thanks and keep up the great work. And again, that is from Kevin. Kevin's cell phone number is nine. Z- no, I'm I know. Just <laughs> All right. Can I, can I, just wanna, I uh, never, ever, 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 ever said that tobacco cannot <laughs> taste like raisins. I never said that. That is not something I ever said. I got to tell um, you, this was what such I a. I did say. No, no, no. Hang on, hang on. Say, no, 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 no. Go, all right, go ahead. Go, go, no, 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 no. You go ahead. Go, you go ahead. Go ahead. What I did say is that. <laughs> I get it, it. Is this turned into a rant episode? Is that what's <laughs> happening right now? Uh, pipe, pipe, like pipe shop fails number ten or whatever we're on. Like no, it, that, John David fails. It sounds like John, John David fails, which is one of <laughs> number three thousand eight hundred and sixty or whatever. Now, it, that, 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 look, when I pull a jar down from the shelf and I let you smell it, just don't say raisins. <laughs> <laughs> just don't. Just don't. Just don't say raisins. It's just not what you're going me. for. No, that's fine. Just don't. Just do that. Just do that for me. Just don't say raisins. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I have to. I have to make because people think this. they all smell like raisins. <laughs> right. I. I got to tell you that when I got this email in, <laughs> I was. It was shortly thereafter. You're chomping at the bit. No. 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 On, on the contrary. Like. Like it was. It was shortly thereafter the episode which we should probably no longer mention, but. And I, I looked at, I was reading it and I was like, oh my gosh, what have, like, cause I mean, like I didn't get the, what have we started? Exactly. Like I start, obviously the way I read this kind of connotated the, the, you know, tongue in cheek that was behind it. But when you're reading it, you don't have yeah. that. So you're like, I, you are not oh, about man, to go this is... on this show and like go after Jay and Greg dog Greg, Greg Peace. Peace. <laughs> like, I'm like, who do you think? Like, what, what do you think we are now? And then like, as I'm reading this uh, up, no, and right. I get to the that final punchline, dude, I was right. rolling. <laughs> I was rolling. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. If you've listened, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you know that like, you know, it, it, the, people come up to the tobacco bar and they're like, well, let me smell your tobaccos. And they think they all smell like raisins. And, and that just really 
yeah, after a while, you just get tired of hearing people say they all smell like raisins. It's just none of these are none of these are legitimately purposefully, you know, raisin flavored. Well, so well, just just stop it. That, that, <laughs> that's true of your blend, but not not particularly of this blend. So there you go. Not not of Greg. No. He's better than me, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was never in question. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, oh man, you're, you're great. You're great. You're great, man. You're All great. right, let's wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that is going to do it for us for this week. You want to keep up with us throughout the week? You can follow John David at John David Cole. You can follow the show at Squire Radio, the shop at, at underscore Country Squire. But all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Man, part two of this uh, How to Train Your Palate series. This is this is becoming like. Again, it, it's making me hungry. I did not expect that to happen. I probably should have. Um, <laughs> now, I've, if anything, it's just making me think we really do need to pair these various pipe tobaccos with some sort of flavorful, tangy situation. Hey, Bo. Yeah, yeah, huh? Hey, Bo. Uh-huh? Hey, let's go have a week. <laughs> <laughs> let's go have a week. Bye, brother. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.